This is South Florida Sunday. We thank you for being with us. We'd like to welcome our next guest to the program, Dr. Miguel Lopez-Viego from Baptist Health, here to talk to us about Vascular Awareness Month. And we're going to talk about the latest innovations and also life-saving procedures. So welcome to South Florida Sunday. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it and appreciate the opportunity to talk to your audience. Well, we are glad to have you with us. We're always glad to talk to our friends over at Baptist Health South. Uh, So September, as I mentioned, Vascular Awareness Month. As a vascular surgeon, what do you focus on? Well, our main interests are the treatment of the diseases of the arteries and veins, and in particular, uh, for your audience, that would be uh, peripheral vascular disease, the diseases of the arteries that affect the circulation and can lead to limitations in function or gangrene and limb loss. We also take care, you know, and are a big center for the care of aortic aneurysms, both of the thoracic aorta and the abdominal aorta. We take care of patients who develop aneurysms and enlarge slowly and require intervention and as well as those that present emergently to the the hospital with symptoms of rupture or dissection. And then we also take care of diseases of the carotid arteries and the circulation to the brain, and that's a big part of our procedure, both both traditional carotid endodirectomy and the new carotid stenting procedures. That's on the arterial side of our arterial or vascular awareness month. We also take care of a wide range of venous diseases, everything from blood clots or deep venous thrombosis in the legs to varicose veins. And now why is vascular health critical for your overall health and well-being? Well, when the, when the arteries are affected by atherosclerotic vascular disease or by aneurysm, the tissues that they provide, blood supply to, that they deliver oxygen and, nu- and nutrients to, become at risk. For example, if you have a, a, a narrowing in the arteries to your kidney or an artery in the narrowing to your brain, then those organs potentially can suffer tremendous damage. In the case of the brain, it would be a stroke. In the case of the kidney, it might be renal failure. Mm-hmm. If it's the arteries to your lower stomach, you can end up being very limited in how far you can walk or begin to develop wounds, sores, or gangrene of the feet or the legs that can end up leading to limb loss, which is one of the major goals of the vascular surgeon to prevent limb loss and avoid amputation. And how can we improve our overall vascular health? Well, certainly the process of vascular disease isn't something that starts over weeks or months. It's a process that it develops over an individual's lifetime. So, you know, very importantly, routine, logical things like maintaining a good level of fitness your whole life, keeping your cholesterol under good control, whether it be dietary manipulations or many of the modern medicines that are so successful in controlling cholesterol, managing your blood pressure appropriately with exercise, diet, and obviously with, me- with medicines when necessary. Clearly and definitively to avoid smoking completely, which is a big uh, cause of vascular disease in any of the vascular beds in the body, including the circulation to the brain, the legs, or the heart. But it's basically maintaining yourself in as low an, uh, an environment for vascular disease as possible. And when I see a patient in the office with vascular disease, I always ask them four questions. Do you smoke? Do you have diabetes? Do you have high blood pressure? And do you have high cholesterol? If a patient tells you that they have none of those risk factors, almost always they do not have vascular disease. So the fewer of those risk factors you have, or the better you control those risk factors when you have them, the less your chances of having severe vascular disease. Now you ask the question, why is vascular disease important? Mm-hmm. Because it's very difficult to lead a long, healthy life if you're 
afflicted with vascular disease. Mm. You know, you cannot function as well. You're at higher risk for heart attacks. You're at higher risk for strokes. You're at higher risk for limb loss. So it is important early in life and then throughout life when we begin to develop vascular disease to seek the right physicians, obtain the right management, and get the right interventions. You also mentioned blood clots earlier in our conversation. How common are blood clots? Our blood clots are extremely common. We see uh, patients come to the emergency room or to our office all the time who've developed blood clots. Now, the, let me be clear. There are blood clots that develop in veins, and there are blood clots that develop in arteries. The ones that develop in veins can lead to problems with swelling and pain and wounds in the lower extremities over the long term. More acutely, if they're not diagnosed and treated, they can potentially cause what's called a pulmonary embolus, where the blood clot detaches and goes to the lungs and can have either moderate or severe consequences, including sudden death. <clears throat> That's on the venous side. On the arterial side, we take care of patients who develop clots in their arteries, and those are basically arteries that either become so narrow that at some point a thrombus develops, a clot develops that obstructs the artery acutely. That's what causes, for example, heart attacks, myocardial infarctions. That occurs when an artery gets so tight that suddenly it thromboses, it clots off, and a part of the blood of the heart isn't getting adequate blood supply. So we take care of blood clots that develop in both the veins and in the arteries. And the way that most patients present their symptoms and their interventions are different. As common as blood clots are, are there a way that the average person can try to avoid them with behavior modification? Well, certainly in the, in the for example, in the legs, blood clots that patients get in the veins of their legs, one of the things they can do is if they're going on a long flight, for example, or a long car ride, is to try to get up and walk every once in a while to make sure that they drink plenty of fluids before and during the flight so that they don't become sort of hypercoagulable so that their blood doesn't become too too thick mm -hmm. right, for, to simplify it. And also to be aware when they might be prone to develop those blood clots. For example, in younger women who take birth control pills and who smoke, they're they are at higher risk of developing blood clots when they're not moving for a long period of time. To so wear appropriate compression stockings if necessary, and so on and so forth. So there are manipulations that can be made. Uh, it, it won't prevent every blood clot, and it certainly can't eliminate the risk of all blood clots, but it's it's logical awareness of that disease and how to prevent it to lessen the chances. Like everything else in medicine, you, <laughs> you weigh the risks and benefits of everything that's done, and you try to lessen the chances of adverse events occurring. You also mentioned pulmonary embolisms. Uh, what are the symptoms, uh, and how can you treat that? So, you know, that's not a super common problem uh, in, in young patients who are healthy, but pulmonary embolism is basically a, a blood clot that detaches from a vein typically in the legs or in the pelvis and then gets into the right side of the heart and subsequently into the pulmonary uh, arteries and blocks blood flow to the lungs, which is critical to survival. Patients who develop pulmonary embolism typically present with chest pain, shortness of breath, chest discomfort, and sometimes coughing up some blood. Hmm. And some, the pain is often very uh, focal to an area where they take a breath, they feel it in a certain part of their chest. And that's an urgent uh, problem that needs to be attended to in the hospital right away. Well, let's talk about treatments now and new innovations. Uh, how long have you been uh, involved uh, in, in medicine as a uh, vascular surgeon? Well, including my fellowship uh, at the University of Texas almost 40 years, 
but here in Boynton Beach, specifically at Bethesda, for the last 30 years. So you've seen... There's been quite a transformation over that period of time. When I came to Bethesda in the 1990s, early 1990s, they brought me here because of my experience with the endovascular repair of aortic aneurysms, EVAR, E-V-A-R, in capital letters. Mm -hmm. We were the only hospital doing it in the area at that time, and, you know, we've since sort of taught everyone else how to do it, but uh, we still you know, keep an edge on the new technologies and the new procedures. Um, when I came to town, most of the aortic aneurysms that were repaired were done through an open approach, and we gained a lot of experience with that, and we're very good with that. Now that procedure is done almost exclusively in all of our patients through an endovascular approach. You can repair their aneurysm with two little, two little needle sticks in the groin. There's no stitches. There's no incision. That's absolutely a, a technological marvel that, that those, that those devices are available that we can do such complicated aortas with. But it's still, there are patients who still require open aortic aneurysm repair, and we feel very proud that we're some of the few experienced surgeons left who can do those procedures as well. The same transformation occurred in the arteries to the neck, to the, to the brain, the carotid arteries. For, for decades, we've been doing hundreds of carotid endarterectomies very faithfully every year, and our patients do very well with those in the last five or ten years, we started to do carotid stenting with a new device called the T-CAR device. That's T-C-A-R, all capital letters. And that's a very interesting and very successful stenting device. And we are very proud that at Bethesda that we can select the right procedure for the right patient and take care of all their needs with the appropriate treatment here because we have the experience and expertise with both procedures. Doctor, if someone's listening to our conversation and they'd like to get more information, find out about vascular health, find out about all the uh, services available at Baptist Health, where would they go? So there is a website, of, and, and our information is on there, and our, our office vascular center number is 561-736-8200. 561-736-8200. And, you know, we have always had a policy of seeing our patients, particularly our vascular patients, within 24 hours of when they call and taking good care of them. Well, great. Appreciate that. And we want to urge everyone listening to go to that website and get the more information and get familiar with the vascular health and also um, reach out to a Baptist Health with questions that you may have. And, Doctor, we want to thank you for being our guest here and getting us up to date during uh, Vascular Awareness Month. And we look forward to speaking with you again real soon. We appreciate you being our guest today on South Florida Sunday. Thank you, sir. I enjoyed that very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.